Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Celebrating the amazing people of coastal Mississippi and across this great state who are working hard to make this a great place to live, work, and play. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show. Hope you're doing so well today uh, here on Friday and uh, you're Join us to celebrate the men and women who are working so hard to make this a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, we're going to get to Jeff in one second. I just want to really quickly mention, I posted something about this on my on my the Ricky Matthews Show Facebook page, but my friend John McFarlane has passed away this week after a battle with cancer. And, uh, you know, John, man, he was uh, he was one of the most committed community leaders I've ever worked with. We worked together shoulder to shoulder most of my career to Sun Herald over 27 years together. And uh, as a publisher, we shared the same uh, office suite, and he was, uh, he was there to help me in any way I could. He was important for – he was a marketing services director from a, from a statistical and market analysis point of view. is very important to us. Um, his work in the community, my goodness, uh, so many years, over 30 years, the MC of the Salute to Military, what he and his team did to, to make the Salute to the Military during its heyday, one of the most important uh, military events in the entire country. Is, is, you, know, it's, uh, you can't overstate how important that was to coastal Mississippi, but his work in the chamber in United Way, while his, uh, after he retired from the Sun-Herald, while he worked at the Red Cross, he the entire time he was at the Sun-Herald, he was a volunteer for the Red Cross. And the work that he did uh, over so many disasters, I mean, John McFarlane was a major force in coastal Mississippi. And... Um, I was so pleased that uh, I had the opportunity to spend many, many shows with him here on Coastview. Uh, and the last time we spent time together, his view toward his sickness was so. I thought to myself, I wish I could. I wish I could have that view if I were facing what he is facing. But he just took it a day at a time, and he continued to work and. I don't know that I ever met a better master organizer than John McFarlane or a better wordsmith than John McFarlane. But let me tell you, his legacy in coastal Mississippi will live on for a long time. His wife, Margie, a uh, long time in real estate, had died just three months, uh, two or three months prior to his passing. And that leaves Christopher behind. So God bless you, Christopher. Uh, just know your parents, um, they, they leave a wonderful legacy. And um, God, God bless you, my friend. Okay, let's shift gears and move over to my friend uh, Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. And it's always great to visit with him on Fridays. How you doing, my friend? Ricky, you're doing great. The summer's here, man. It feels like we're in the middle of a, a heat wave. It is, man. We're actually headed offshore tomorrow. Thank goodness. Nice. We, haven't been, we haven't been offshore in a while. And, uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a beautiful day on the water. We're going to we're going to go see we're going to see what we can get away with. And who knows what we'll end up doing before the day's out. But it's always fun this time of year because the water's beginning to kind of heat up and certain species are really coming to, to bear. We can't catch any snapper because it's you know not legal season yet. Can't catch uh, any amberjack. We can catch some tuna and some mangrove and lemonfish and some other species. So we're going to go check it out. It'd be fun just to get out on the water. 
Um, but you know, it is a beautiful time. I spend a lot of time in the, in the yard. I don't know if you do that yourself, but I, I love working in the yard. I just, that, to me, it's therapeutic. And as everything greens up and the flowers are in bloom, it's just a beautiful time of the year. Yeah, and you know, we live in this subtropical environment, so everything grows, right? So you got you got to keep maintaining your yard work uh, 24-7 or else you'll, you'll have a jungle in your yard. So, you know, hey, we'll talk about Saints here in just a second, but, you, you know, you're a golf aficionado. You're, you know the PGA Championships uh, here. Um, you know, you've got some real great young talent emerging, and in this – this kind of vacuum that's left behind because Tiger Woods is not in in the in the mix for the most part these days. Um, there's some really good young talent coming along that are beginning to kind of steal some some headlines, and I, I I love seeing that. Yeah, you know, the guy I saw giving a press conference that resonated with me was Matt Fitzpatrick, of course. Uh, you know, the player from from Great Britain who's defending champ and like won the U.S. Open, I think it was, and. Um, uh, he played here in, with his brother at the Zurich Classic, and I followed them for a day and got to talk to his parents, and what an incredible talent he is. I think he's going to be a serious challenger to win this thing. And then, um, you know, Colin Morikawa, another young star, rising star, uh, Victor Hovland. It's really become an international sport. You know, long has been an international sport, but now more than ever it feels like uh, – there's players representing countries from all over the globe. And I think it's fascinating when we get to these majors to see how these guys have like prepared their games for these major events uh, like we have this weekend. And, you know, we, we talked about live golf a little bit during the masters, but to me, they're almost like not a blip on the screen. People aren't really paying very much attention to live golf these days. I wonder what it's staying power is going to be. Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, like my golf friends, they, they do watch it. They, they, they've even admitted to me, they said they feel guilty watching it, <laughs> but they do. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen with it, but it's definitely sparked changes in the PGA Tour. There's no doubt about it. We've seen it here. And I think at some point, the PGA Tours can have to figure out this, uh, you know, elevated, non-elevated events. Right now, the Zurich Classic's non-elevated and uh, that's surrounded by elevated events makes it very difficult for, for them to get the field they used to have here. They still had a good, really good field this year, but it was down a little bit because it's not an elevated event. They can't make it a, uh, in, you know, have and have not tournaments on the tour. That's kind of what's happened with the PGA Tour. And that's direct direct result of, of the live tour trying to compete with them. Hey, well, hey, one of the quickest board, um, people are going to say, why are you mentioning this? But, but pickleball, pickleball is emerging here in coastal Mississippi as a, as a really viable thing, man. I mean, I, I saw that someone was recognized at the Biloxi council meeting the other day, got a proclamation from the mayor and uh, tournaments here on Pops Ferry Road, not far from where I am. There's a there's a, a court there, and they have tournaments there, and there are always cars there. I mean, there's always something going on there. And then I saw in, in NOLA.com, uh, I guess maybe it was this morning, actually, uh, a, an article about Drew Brees and his investments and bringing a tournament that's going to benefit his foundation to New Orleans. Um, Drew, Drew, Drew has a, he usually picks successful ventures to get involved in. I think pickleball is going to be a good one for him. Yeah, and he's he's not alone. A bunch of players, uh, former NFL and even NBA players, have made investments in the sport. You know, it's kind of a cross between ping pong and tennis. You know, it's a little slower than tennis, obviously, <laughs> and that's the attraction to it. Is you know, it's 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 still a 
a good recreational type activity uh, that you can play. All ages can play pickleball. And I think that's the other thing that it attracts. There's a big, a big uh, set of courts being constructed here in like the lower garden district in New Orleans. It's going to have a, uh, you know, a campus with, you know, restaurants and bars around it. And uh, it's going to be big. And so I do, I definitely believe that sport is not going away. And that's why you have so many people like Drew Brees investing in it. That's, that's so, so interesting. So interesting. Well, you guys had the, the rookie camp and a lot of headlines have been coming out of that. Um, I think for the most part, people like what they saw. Yeah. You know, this is, I, I try to tell people, um, I tell our editors, you know, everybody gets excited. I said, you know, this is basically like orientation, you, you know, this, this is the <laughs> The guys coming to campus for the first time, figuring out where the meeting rooms are, where the bathrooms are. I mean, it's it's that type of thing. And they get on the field, and all they're really doing is getting introduced to the offense and defense for the first time, learning the really basic parameters of the offense and defensive systems. So it's, it's kind of hard to really make much of a judgment. They're out there with, I'd say, 96%, 98% of the players aren't going to make the team. Uh, so it's it's – it's hard to make a real true uh, evaluation. I don't think the coaches are doing much other than seeing how these guys move, what kind of shape they're in, and how quick they pick things up. That's really what they're looking at is how quick are they able to assimilate what they're learning in the classroom and take it to the, to the practice field. But trying to evaluate you know, where they're going to fit in, we won't, we won't really know that till training camp. So... Um... So there, there were a few headlines, though, um, as it relates to some of our draft choices. Um, they're the size of some of these guys, their quickness. It, it looks like, it, it, you know, again, you can't make any judgments based on what just happened, as you pointed out. But And the point that you just made about their mental acuity, that they were actually selected based on that, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually doing a story for next weekend. I'll give you a little sneak preview. It's... Something that's fascinating to me is, is this new cognition test that, that the Saints give. It's, it's not just the Saints. It's called the S2 cognition test. It's really it evaluates players, how they can break down and process movement and you know, negotiate chaos on the field. It's almost like a flight simulator type of, of, of video game that they use to evaluate prospects. And it was one of the, re- why, one of the reasons why they drafted the quarterback, Jake Hayner, his ability to break things down. We've talked about Drew Brees. He scored like a supercomputer on this test. Hey, let's let's do this. We'll talk about we'll talk about the test here on the other side because the points you're going to make about a Hainer and and a few others are important points. Uh, and I think it bodes well to what the Saints are doing to to get to get people who can process a situation rapidly, which they need to be able to do in the NFL today. We'll see you after this uh, with more from Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of The Ricky Matthews Show on your laptop, desktop, or your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His passion and love for coastal Mississippi is why he's here. This is The Ricky Matthews Show on Supertalk 103.1. 
Welcome back to the Ricky Matthew Show. I'm my friend Jeff Duncan. When we went to break, we were talking about the, the importance of mental acuity, the ability to like rapidly process a situation and make decisions based on that. That's what the, that's what the NFL is becoming today, both on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. And the Saints have really worked hard to understand how to, how to measure that. And so, Joe, pick it up from there, Jeff. Well, this test, I think, is fascinating, Ricky. Look, there's some some local connection to it. It's called the S2 cognition test. For years, we've heard about the Wonderlick test, right, that supposedly measured intelligence and uh, it's controversial in some nature. This is different. This measures kind of spatial awareness, the ability to process things quickly, uh, instincts, kind of instinctive learning is is what it what it pro, uh, pro, you know what it gauges. It's a 45 minute test. It's basically like a video game, and the Saints base uh, the S2 test is given to almost every draft prospect now. And the history of it is the, the guy that co-founded it, a guy named Brandon Alley, who's from Lafayette, Louisiana, ran cross country University of Tennessee, uh, lived in New Orleans for a while, got his master's from Southern Miss in neuroscience. So he's a real you know smart brainiac kind of guy that got into this uh you know field through education invented this test and now it's it's spreading throughout the nfl the saints were the first team in the league to use it they felt like it gave them a real competitive advantage in 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 uh, scouting prospects and it's not just quarterbacks everyone thinks of the quarterback and reading defenses every player on the field you know receiver has to read the defensive backs likewise dbs on receivers so Every player that goes into this NFL draft just about takes this test. And this quarterback the Saints drafted, who we've talked about before, Jake Hayner, he's 5'11". He's shorter than Drew Brees. So normally the Saints, as we've talked about before, you and I, they're big into the size prototypes. A quarterback usually 6'3 or 6'4 for them. But they were willing to take a chance on a 5'11 quarterback because his cognition skills were off the charts, very much like Drew Brees could read quickly make quick decisions get the ball out quickly that allows him to compensate in their mind for his lack of size so it's really fascinating to me how this test has taken taken hold it's actually used very heavily at the at LSU that was the first college to use it so there's a lot of local connections to this test I think you're going to hear more and more about it in the years to come that is that is so interesting and it makes so much sense it makes if you think think back in the last couple of seasons, certainly since we lost Drew Brees to retirement, we have, uh, if you summed up sort of where we were, it's it's the ability to make those quick decisions, the, the ability to read defense. To re, the, I mean, the difference between being a successful quarterback and a not successful quarterback can be a split second. And that's been the difference, hasn't it? Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's not just – and I think this is something I need to make clear. It's not about just intelligence. You can be really intelligent, score high in everything else, and still not be able to process and break these things down, it, vice versa. You can break things down really well and not score highly. But what they found, now that they've had about nine years of data and gathering this information, the players that score very high, and Drew Brees scored off the charts on this test, as you can imagine. I mean, he called him a superhuman, the way he was able to do this. It doesn't necessarily guarantee if you score high on this that you're going to end up being successful at the NFL level. But if you score really low, very <laughs> rarely do you do you succeed. So it's a really good tool for these evaluators like Jeff Ireland and his scouting staff. 
Hey, listen, I'm not surprised they're doing it. I, I've seen as just in management, you know, corporate management, I've seen the evolution of these tools, these tests that try to take bias out and do all these different things. And I remember I went to, um, just before I was named publisher of the Sun-Herald, they asked me to come to San Jose, and they had a new battery of tests that they were testing. And they said, we just want to, if you don't mind, we're going to use you as kind of a guinea pig, and we'll do it. But I'm thinking, okay, look, I worked so hard, now I'm getting to this point where I'm about to be named publisher, and i got to go take a test as a guinea pig. What if I don't do well on these tests? So, but one of them was really interesting, Jeff, and it was symbols. Literally, it was just symbols. The whole thing was nothing but symbols, where you had to find the patterns in the in the symbols. So, started out kind of you got it. There was a rhythm to it, kind of super easy. And the further you got into it, the more complex the patterns became. And then you had to just find the patterns. And but the thing about it was, it was a time test. You only had so much time to do this. So I'm sure that probably what it was testing something similar to what these guys were doing because you didn't you could you didn't have unlimited amount of time. You had to kind of pace yourself through it. If you got hung up, they said if you get hung up, go to the next pattern. You can always come back to it. But it is how many accurate how many times you accurately determine the patterns and the amount of time that you have is how they scored the test. And um, I did fine on it, but it was scary to take it. And it was the first time we'd used it. And they ended up using it from that point forward. And we used it, in fact, in, 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 uh, here at the Sun-Herald at times. But, um, God, they've advanced, haven't they? It's amazing what they've been able to do in that realm. I think this test, you're going to hear a lot about it because LSU is using it, all their athletic programs. You think about it, Ricky. I mean, baseball, being able to lay off a pitch, impulse, type decision-making, those kind of things they use in baseball. Golf, the golf team uses it at LSU about learning how to putt. And and it's it's fascinating to me, and, and you're right. It's just now growing. This company is, I think, about eight or nine years old, but it's all over the NFL now. The Saints were the first team. Now well over half the teams use it, and I think it's only going to keep growing. Hey, one of the things that was noted, you may have noted this, but certainly I saw your team noted about Jake Hayner. Again, you can't evaluate too much from what you just said. I mean, you said it was just an orientation session. I thought that's kind of a cool way to say it. But that to watch how quick his drop back was and to see how and see how accurate he threw the ball. Yeah. That's kind of that's what people say of him, isn't it? Yeah, that's why that's why they drafted him. I mean, he has to compensate in the areas because he lacks that height, but he has good mobility and uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder like the way Drew Brees had a chip on his shoulder. You know, these guys that get overlooked um, and they just have success because of their ability to be a field general. Uh, we'll see what it's like when he gets out there with, you know, pro NFL players against him and, and they're changing defenses and disguising things. I mean, right now it's just basically out there in shorts and shirts and you can evaluate, yeah, his quick release, and his mobility and just some of the physical traits that made him uh, such a good prospect. And I think the Saints are really believe that they got a steal in him. Now, I don't know if you'll ever, if you read the scouting reports on Hayner, they say he's a, a backup, is like his ceiling as a, as a quarterback, but we'll see. People probably said that about Drew Brees when he came out and we saw that played out. And look what happened in San Francisco last year. Yeah, yeah, you Brock, just, yeah. And Brock Purdy scored very high on this cognition test. Matter of fact, he was off the charts on it. That was one of the things that uh, helped that test kind of come into the forefront for people. Is how did the 49ers identify Brock Purdy in the seventh round, and, and why did people miss on him? It's, it's a good story. 
It is. It is a great story. So, uh, so what? What the Saints are focused on now, and they've done a good job of this, is getting all of the all of their draft choices and and the folks who are the the, the, the rookies signed. That's been a, a big deal. That's going really well for them, hasn't it? Yeah, that, that's kind of protocol now. There's not much negotiation. Everybody's slotted with their contracts. I thought one of the interesting stories that came out this week. I'm writing about it this weekend. Is the Saints negotiating a long-term extension, I say long-term, two-year yeah. extension with Cam Jordan. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a big story. The fact that he will probably end his career here. He'll be in New Orleans if he plays out the extension for 15 years. I mean, that's unheard of, uh, Ricky. That would put him alongside Drew Brees for longest tenured uh, player in the history of the franchise, probably on a Hall of Fame path. Uh, will go down in history maybe as the best defensive player in the history of the organization uh, and so I think it's a good move by the Saints. I think it sends a message to the locker room. If you do things the right way, like Cam Jordan has, we will take care of you, and you can play here for as long as, as you can. He's played at such a high level for such a long time. He's been so durable. Uh, he's had a remarkable career. And, Jeff, I followed him on social media. He is, uh, he's got a great sense of humor. He brings levity to a lot of situations. He's really serious about the culture of the Saints. He really, really, really works hard. Um, there's no reason to believe he won't have, even though his age is getting up, that he won't have a great year this year. And the opportunity he's got to pass his wisdom to these younger guys, it's a great situation, really. Well, he's like, uh, what do you call it, a, you know, a role model for all these young players. I mean, he's, he's missed one game in 13 seasons because of an injury. One game. I mean, it's, it's insane. He plays almost every snap. I think he's been reduced down to about 86% snaps. But, I mean, for a while he was playing 98% of the snaps. I mean, just unheard of stuff. He's never hurt. And he sets – I think a great example for the young players about being available, durable. And the other thing he does, he's out in the community on his days off during the season on Tuesday, the one day off they have. He's out at schools visiting, you know, different projects in town. Uh, he doesn't have to do that with that seniority he has, but he does it because he wants to and invests in the community. Uh, so he's a perfect role model and exactly the example they, the Saints want to set uh, for the rest of the locker room. That, that, is, that is so cool. So listen, uh, go out and enjoy the weekend, my friend. I don't know what you're up to this weekend, but I'm sure you'll do something outdoors. You'll go running somewhere or have some fun somewhere. But it's been, uh, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you again. Thanks, Ricky. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week, buddy. You bet. This has been Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune, our good friend here on the Ricky Matthews Show. Have a great weekend, and uh, Jeff, and we'll, uh, we'll see you after this break with Captain Powell from the Naval Construction Battalion Center. We'll see you after this. Subscribe for free to the Ricky Matthews Show podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.